Okay, everybody say, so are there any questions? That's really a great question. I was hoping that you would ask it. In fact, when part of me thought that nobody would have any questions, I, would, I wanted to speak about that on my own. That's uh, really, uh, it's very, very important. I don't think I really touched upon it properly in the first session about Shidduchim. I was sort of like just racing through to try to get all, hit all the major points about dating that I really almost uh, ignored the most important element, and that's how you know if you're ready. And um, we did speak about certain superficial things, like going back to the dorm and you know not feeling so geschmack anymore, like you don't find that much uh, seepuk hanging around with bachrim anymore, and you feel like that that's something that you know you'd want to change. But that's that doesn't mean that you're fully ready to start dating. That just means that you have a, an itch to start dating for a, a very good reason, but it doesn't really necessarily qualify a person to, uh, to, to say that they're completely ready for the, you know, for the great responsibility that marriage is. So it is important to find yourself before you start dating, and it's important to like yourself before you can like or love someone else the the only thing that I would say is that it's very difficult to um, to know based on that when you're ready because that's like a lifetime uh, process. You know, you could you could speak to therapists for the rest of your life; they'd be more than happy uh, if you would. And uh, you know, and, and and you never really will ever come to a a complete internal harmony and, and peace with yourself to know that, okay, now it's Hasha, it's time to get married. So you have to, on one hand, feel that you're, that you're comfortable in your own skin, that you feel like you're in a good place, you feel like you're ready to take on that responsibility of, of caring for somebody else and loving somebody else and, and becoming a and entering into a real relationship with somebody. Um, but to say that you're fully, you know, equipped to handle it, it's, it's impossible because, you know, who, who could say that? So you have to, you know, speak to your abeyim and, and, and to your parents and take a walk by yourself and, and, and try to, you know, figure out whether you feel like you're, you're comfortable enough uh, not perfect, but if you're comfortable enough and you feel like you're ready uh, and, and you don't feel like you have major wrinkles to iron out because you're good. You know, are you perfect? No, no one's perfect. The girls are not perfect. We're not perfect. No, your parents weren't perfect. You're obeying more. Everyone has things that they bring into marriage, some baggage that they will bring in inevitably. 
but you deal with it as life goes on. But it is important to feel that you're in a good place and that you feel like you're comfortable with who you are. Your hashkafas, as you mentioned, are, are something that you sort of figured out. You don't have to have every hashkafa you know, nailed down, but you do have to have somewhat of an idea of, of where you're holding on a spectrum of, of things. If you don't have every single shita perfectly set, that's okay. I don't think the girls do either, but you have to somewhat know whether or not, you know, where you are in the spectrum. Are you right wing? Are you left wing? Are you somewhere in the middle? Uh, you know, who do you align yourself with? What type of... Uh, uh, movement, let's say, are you closer affiliated to, whether it's Satmar, whether it's Agudo, whether it's uh, uh, B'nai Akiva, whatever it might be on the spectrum, who do you feel like that you're comfortable with, and, and, and where do you feel that that will, uh, that will take you and her together? But I want to just thank Rafal, because it was Rafal who really put this whole thing together, and he did a great job. He, he came up with a title and he advertised it and he pitched it and really very mockery type to you. So um, second question is like a, it's like a two-part question, um, but definitely connected. So with a full-time job, family, minyanim, and learning, how is a person supposed to find time to just chill and unwind after a long day? Which part of his day should be sacrificed given like, a special requirement, like a wedding or a funeral or some sort of event? And second question is, Sundays there tend to be a lot more times than a lot more time in the day than like during the week, obviously. So how should we spend to use this additional time? Like with our family, doing activities, going on outings, or like having time to finally sit down in the base, like uninterrupted, and have a good sitting? You're talking about as a single buffer, not as a married person, or both. Both. Okay. So the one the number one rule in life whether you're bacher or whether you're married or whether you're considering getting married, the number one rule in life is that you have to be normal. You have to be normal. That's the first commandment. Before Anoich Hashem, you have, to, you, have to be a, you have to be functional, you have to be normal, you have to be a healthy human being. Because you could be the greatest masmid, but if you're not normal, meaning you're doing everything like, and you're never happy, you're always nervous, you're always uncomfortable, you're going to not make a good Eved Hashem, you're not going to make a good person, you're not going to make a good husband or a good father. You have to be normal. And, you know, normal I know is a relative term, but you have to be what you define as normal. And so it's very hard to give a rule as to how much time you should be spending working out in a gym and how much time playing ball and how much time just chilling. Uh, every person has their own needs. Every person is different. It's very hard. If I'm, you know, if I'm able to chill for, you know, in, in 10 minutes, that doesn't mean that you're able to. Maybe it takes you longer. Maybe it takes you less. Um, but every human being does need to chill. That's part of a daily, you know, routine. You have to chill. You should be uh, getting exercise. I'm not saying that I, I'm, I'm a role model in that, but uh, I know that I should be getting exercise at least, and that's important. Um, you know, you should be taking walks. You should be breathing in fresh air. You should be spending time with your family. And you have to do everything. You have to juggle a lot, and it doesn't get easier as you get older. It just becomes more difficult because there's more responsibilities. When you get my age, now you have to 
you know, fit in that much more. Baruch Hashem, I have a mother that I, I love spending time with, and I try to, you know, I do talk to her every single day, and I go there as much as I can. We have her for Shabbos. Uh, and then I have children uh, that I have to do homework with and speak to, and kids in Eretz Yisrael. And then you have to um, spend a lot of time with your wife and, uh, you know, wine and dine her, take her out and, and have a good life with her. And you have to learn, and you got to work, and you got to chill. And, you know, there's, it becomes really, really hard. And, you know, when you're a bacher, you have that training ground to at least start that. So you have to balance everything. You have to do, you have to learn. You got to daven with the minyanim as much as you can. You got you to gotta do well in school. And you have to have friends, and you have to go to weddings, and you have to go to levayas, Leilena, when that happens. And you have to learn that art of juggling and balancing life and uh and that's the trick the trick is to try to you know throw in the air as many balls as you can and make sure that as few as possible drop and it's easier said than done but that's you have to it's trial and error and if you if you feel like you don't need to chill as much then you can pull back in the chilling and go learn or or do work more and if you feel like uh you need more time to chill then you got to expand that time of chilling and uh but everything is important, but you just have to try to really balance things out, and that's, uh, that's very, very vital in life. A person has egos that he knows or, or that, that he needs to work on, and that, but they're like a, a work in progress type of egos. Um, do you feel like it is irresponsible for him to date before he feels like they're fixed? So it's sort of like what I said before. If we're going to wait till our midas become perfect, that we all become Rav Shlomo Zaman we'll never get married. That's just the reality. It just, we'll never do it. So if you're, you know, saying, okay, I, I still have, uh, you know, I still have gaiva, I still have kas, I still have uh, kinnon, I have taiva, and, you know, I have to really work. That's like, a, you'll, you'll never, ever, ever get married in 3,000 years. You're not going to get married. That doesn't absolve us from trying to work on our midas either. That means that we have to be, recognize that we have issues. We have to begin the process of dealing with them, whether it means by learning musr, whether it means by maybe seeing a professional if, if the need, if, if that's what is required. But we have to work on it somewhat and we have to feel that we're making enough headway and progress that we're comfortable that if we enter a relationship with somebody that we're not going to completely crash and burn. We have to make sure that we're, we're stable enough that we're, you know, we could do that, but without waiting until that perfect, perfect moment because that moment will never happen. There's a mentality out there that I'm going to work like crazy for the first X amount of years, um, whether it be schooling and then work or just, like, just grinding away in work. And then once I have some ground, some headway in my company, open up a practice, X, Y, Z, right? Then I'll have so much time to sit down and learn. I'll be more relaxed. You, know, you, you hustle in the first years and then sort of a lot more like chill down in the second years. Is this the mindset? Does this mindset fit without a mentor? Why or why not? So the Mishnah in Abbas says that which means that you should not say what that 
question said, that you shouldn't say, well, when I have time, I'll learn. Right now, I got to grind, I got to I gotta push, I got to pump, I got to, I gotta, you know, build worlds. And then when things are easier, then because it happens that people get so caught up in the rat race that they never, ever get time to learn. It doesn't get easier always. Sometimes it does. But sometimes it just gets more and your practice is thriving so you open up more practices and more offices and hire more people and then the workload is that much greater. So it doesn't always work out the way you wanted it to and then you'll go through a whole life and never have learned. So it's important, like we said before, to find a balance. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in Kyle your whole life. You have to get a job and you have to grind and you got to do what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, you have to every day make time for davening and for learning and for doing all the things that you need to do because, uh, you know, life is very, very finite. It, you know, for some people, they get a long life, and but even a long life is whatever, 90, 100 years, and that's not so long, really. It goes very, very fast, and Rahman al-Litzlan, we know people that die very young, and so you have to you have to sort of make time, carve out time every single day for things that are meaningful, things that are important, and uh, in that way, at the end of life, you'll be able to say that, Baruch Hashem, I did everything that I was supposed to do in the right time, and you'll, you'll look back and not have any regrets, hopefully. Let's mix it up with some questions. We'll get back to it. Anyone in the room have any live questions? Part of a job of a Bentera, certainly a Kailo guy that's learning full day, but even person that's just Kaveh Itim, I shouldn't say just, that is Kaveh Itim, whether it's an hour a night, a half an hour a night, three hours a night, whatever it is, or in the morning, it's important that, you know, she's constantly involved in the process. If, she, if he's just going out to learn and then comes back two, three hours later and not explaining to her what he learned or how great it was that he was learning or how much hasmada that he had and how much schar you get for this, then she's going to forget why she's doing this and it's going to, you know, she'll be like a football widow that like just doesn't, uh, you know, have a husband every night for two hours. So it's very important for a woman, like you said, it's 100% true. Girls don't know what it's like, what the intensity of learning is like and the importance of learning unless they're constantly reminded when they were in seminary, they were probably to- 
told about it. But, you know, after a couple of years out of seminary, you tend to forget. So you need a constant refresher course. And if she sees that you're, you're going and it's making you happy and it's giving you great midos and, you know, and there's benefits for her, she's going to hopefully want you to continue and she's going to encourage you. But if it doesn't, if she's not feeling it and she's not sharing that excitement because you're not generating excitement and you're not explaining to her how important it is that you know, what you're doing and why she's sacrificing you every night instead of being home to help with the kids or to do shopping or to just schmooze with her. You're packing out every night to some base medrash and, you know, seeing you, you know, seeing her either late that night or when she wakes up the next morning. It's going to be a relationship that's not really um, clicking. And so part of a job of anyone that's learning, a bentaira uh, in any form, is to continuously share the excitement and the terror with your wife and make her fully on board because otherwise she's going to just, you're going to like start, you know, parting ways, chas v'shalom, because you're not on the same page. Because my parents were very, very proud. Once it, you know, once once I got the position, and you know, my father was very proud. And Yibadol Chai, my mother, is exceedingly proud. But you know, it, it it took time till, you know, I, I didn't know myself what I wanted to do. That was part of the confusion. And maybe if I would have been, you know, very gung ho on one thing or another. I would have, they would have seen the clarity that I had and they would have been fine with that. I think it was because I was very across the board with what my ambitions were. Um, not that I wasn't interested in learning, I was interested in learning, but I was also interested in doing a lot of other things. So then maybe they felt, all right, if he's not sure, then maybe we should just try to direct him, steer him into a path that's going to be more lucrative, which, which makes sense. But... I really, I tried other things and I just didn't feel that I was getting any sipaka nefesh. Or if I was, it was like being drowned in a lot of other emotions that I wasn't liking. And so ultimately, Baruch Hashem, I was able to have uh, opportunities with Siat Dishmaya to, to go on this path. And, and I'm very happy. I think my wife is very happy and my parents, you know, are, are very happy. And, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a. It was a journey. It wasn't uh, a given. It was not a not a layup. Asking. When it comes to balancing one's own learning as opposed to like working for the rabbi in the community, helping other people, so we find like different gedolim, different levels of balance. Is that just like personal preference, or just focus, or like how you? Like, give me an example, like. Yeah, everybody has to look in a mirror, like we discussed, uh, I guess it was in the second session. You have to look in a mirror and see what's, like the Chavis Halavavis, who am I? What are my, what are my strengths? If Irving Bunim would have sat, like Reb Chaim Kanievsky, rented an apartment in Bnei Brak and just sat and learned, 
he might not have been fulfilling his personal mission. It might have been, although he was learning, and you know, it's very hard to say that learning is never a success. Obviously it is, but in terms of fulfilling everybody's personal God-ordained uh, mission in life, you have to figure that out on your own. So if Chaim Kanievsky is clearly doing, you know, what he should be doing, if he was all of a sudden, you know, if he tried to change course and became like a politician, Chas Shalom, or a, you know, or a doctor or a lawyer, that would be a way, everyone would agree, well, that's such a waste of his time. And, and you could maybe say the same thing about people that, you know, that, that decide to stay in learning instead of using their kaiches for other things. I heard a story, I don't know if it's true, I don't like really saying it, Brabham, but uh, I heard that you know there was a certain very wealthy, very uh, uh, like a young, a young, a young uh, in, in his early twenties, and he was very good in business. And Rav Huttner saw in him great potential in terms of being a future uh, benefactor and uh, an askin. And but yet he also wanted to learn, so he was thinking about you know just staying in Kailo and and. Supposedly, again, I, I don't want to quote Rav Huttner, but this is what the rumors are, is that he said that if you stay in learning, you're never going to be able to crawl out of Gehenim. Meaning that learning, although, it, although it's, it's always uh, you know, an ama- uh, a priority in all of our lives, but for some people, it would not be what they were supposed to be doing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a different gift and a different purpose and and they have to realize that and that's not a punishment that's a reality and you have to live with what you're good at if you're very good at making tons of money and you're going to be able to and you know you're going to be able to use that for for building yeshivas and building tyra then that's probably something that you should consider doing if you have no skills like that and you're you know but you're great in learning then you know maybe Rebchaim Kanievsky's model would be would work for you maybe you're somewhere in the middle that you want to do a little bit of both or maybe you want to be a Rebbe you want to be a Rav you want to be an Askin but you have to find what appeals to you because very often you know yourself best and you have to try you owe it to yourself to try to you have one life to live and you want to try to live the life that's the most meaningful to you personally. So there are times in life that it's important to just think. You know, just, you know, you might call it spacing out, you might, others might call it chilling, but thinking is very, very important. And if you're able to carry that feeling of satisfaction, let's say you had a good day in learning, so savor it. Like, meaning if you're, if you're lying in bed before you go to sleep, so just think, wow, you know, that was really a good, like pat yourself on the back, make yourself feel like you did something great today. If you had a, you know, you were nice to your parents today. If you had a good interaction with a, with a friend, you did a, an act of chesed. You uh, you did well on your test. So don't just like, okay, now it's on to the next test. Take time, and you know, and and process that and make because that's what life is. Life is those small pockets that you can think and you can feel success and taste what that what that feels like. Or sometimes you have to taste sorrow. Sometimes you have to taste failure. And that failure will will 
be able will enable you to be stronger next time and you know regroup and and do that much better so if let's say you fail the test so not to feel bad about it but say what did i do wrong maybe uh i didn't really give myself enough time or i didn't uh, focus enough or i was i was too busy you know i didn't study in the right way i should have studied with this person instead of that person or by myself instead of you know try to process things and those are that's life life is not when you're doing when you're busy when you're that busy is just is just busy but life is those moments that you could savor and appreciate you know, who you are, what you are, where you're going, and, and the incremental advantage, advances that you're making you know, day by day. That's also very, a part of living. That's a very important thing that you're doing. Um, so being a Rebbe is, uh, like I said in a previous session, is I don't think there's a job that you could have that provides more sipuk in terms of personal satisfaction. If you're able to learn with somebody, whether it's an individual, whether it's uh, a, a, a large shear, whether it's doing kiruv with people, um, a rav, what, in any fashion, there's no feeling that your neshama has of satisfaction in my in my own reckoning that can compare to it. Maybe, you know, if I'd be in Hatzalah, I'd say saving a person's life, you know, would have that high. But I don't I don't I'm not Hatzalah guy, so I don't know that. But in terms of my own, you know, experiences, so Chinuch is a is a tremendous field. And anyone that tells you, you know, negative stuff about Chinuch either wasn't successful himself in it or, or just doesn't know what they're talking about. Chinuch for the right people, amazing. But the thing is that it's not for everybody. There are people that are just simply not cut out for chinuch. I, I've had rabbeim, and maybe you have as well, that were not cut out, and they wasted a year of my childhood because they just wanted a job in chinuch, because either they needed a job or they felt that they were cut out for being rabbi, but they weren't. It was a disaster. They couldn't control their class. And they, they weren't giving anything over of interest to us, and they weren't clicking with us, so it was just, you know, it was just a waste. So don't be a Rebbe just because you want to be a Rebbe. You have to feel that you're really good at it, and that you have what to share, and that you, you know, and that you're, you're going to love your Talmudim, you're going to love conveying Torah and wisdom, and watching them grow, and watching them advance in their own personal Avedis Hashem. If you have that love, and you have the talent, then then you should definitely consider it. But like you you alluded to, it's a very it's not an easy thing to do because most jobs in chinuch are not high paying jobs, unfortunately. Even though they should be, because you know you're giving so much and you're and you're and time it, it you know there's no there's no limits to how much time you spend as a rebbe. I know just personally, like when I'm not here. I'm on the phone with people as a reference for Shidochem. We're talking to old Talmidim alumni t- dealing with their issues and marriage and Parnas or whatever. I'm literally on the phone day and night when I'm not in the base medrash. It's a never ending job. And if I would get paid by the hour, I'd be, you know, I'd be, uh, I- I'd be uh, Bill Gates. But, you know, that's the way it is. So, in answer to your second question, you know, if you could get a job in Chinuch, and also couple that, let's say, with another part-time job in, let's say, social work or uh, any other field that permits you to do things part-time, 
that would definitely be the best of both worlds because you'd have a lucrative, you'd hopefully be making a, a good parnasa when you, when you add it all together and you get the sipuk of being a rabbi. But, um, you know, it's, it's not so pashat that you could pull that off. If you can, then by all means you should, but, uh, you know, you know it's, it's a dream and you should, you should always go after your dreams, but it's a difficult one. It's far easier if you want to get that seat book. Sometimes I feel that if you're, if you're nervous about the lucrative part of it, which there is what to be nervous about, maybe it's better to go for like a full-time job in, uh, I don't know, just giving an example, like PA or PT or something, and then making a good parnasa there. And then on Shabbos, you give a shir or you give a dafyaimi every day, or you, you know, so you, you're able to express that, that, that desire of being a Rebbe with, and at the same time being able to make a, a really good Parnassa. Yeah. Yes. You. To me? Yeah. Yeah. Can you just ask a question and not, not without like, yeah, just, the, these are just questions right now. Yeah. It's a Q&A, so I don't want to... It's Yeah. Okay. Any other... Yeah. Um, Derby's been around so many alumni, um, and Derby has seen so many of them become very, very successful in keeping the, the continuity that they have in Yeshiva, and so many, unfortunately, or hopefully not so many, that haven't, haven't had the, the same strength. What is one sort of Mida, or one sort of, um, I guess, like, something that they did in Yeshiva that really set them apart? Something that, like... So the the thing that I oh and I say this a lot by orientation because I really want uh, the new talmidim to to have a very clear path ahead of them for success. And I don't know if anyone even remembers what I say by orientation because there's so many other things going on. You're juggling so much during orientation that I think a lot of it just goes right every over everybody's head. But the common denominator that I find for the Talmidim that eventually succeed, and when I, when I say succeed, I don't mean that they became millionaires. I, I, I mean success in a more broader sense that, you know, that they're, that they're learning and they're davening and they're keeping it all together and they're good family men and all of that. That's, that's, what I, that's how I define success, that they're happy and they're, they're living their dreams in, in, in different ways. It's the guys that were, first of all, very organized, that they went to davening every day and they kept their starim well and they came to the vaden and they came to the shmuzen. They had personal relationships. You know, kisharim were built with rabbeim, with friends. They were on the student government. All of these things are very, very good uh, training grounds for the future life ahead. If you're if you're sleeping through davening every day and you're and you're not coming to seder and you're you're missing shir most of the time and you're packing out, you know, on on Thursday night you're coming back Monday morning. So I'm not saying you can't succeed in life. You can, but you're not getting the the balance that Lander is really ideally uh, I, I, ideally able to provide because this is a great training ground for life. Lander College, because you're able to learn how to come to davening, keep starim, you know, grind when it comes to grinding in terms of work and, and, and labs and all your other, other uh, you know, responsibilities, 
date and 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 be uh, be a good son, be a good brother, be a good friend. All these things are things that you learn right here. And so if you're involved and you're in the inlander and matriculated and then some, then, you know, you'll do great. If you're just one of these guys that tech, you're, you're matriculated inland, your name is on my list, but I never see you by Davi, I never see you by any vads, never see you Fridays, never see you here on Shabbos and by Titian and by, then you're, you're here in name only. And, and, and so what's the, who are you fooling? Like it's not, you're not gaining from it. Yeah, you'll get a diploma, but that's not what... You could get a diploma in any place in, in America. So, but to get out of Lander College and to be successful, it really starts at, from day one, hitting the ground, being you know, organized, coming to things, being a great friend, being a great Talmud, being a, you know, into Lander, loving the yeshiva, loving everything about it. And, and that's really, and those guys that are like that, they, they, they stay in Lander for the rest of their lives. They're always connected to the yeshiva. They're always coming back. They're always here, yam, yam neiram, they'll come back, or they'll call constantly. They'll invite you to simchas. They'll, it's just, uh, and they're, they're talmidim for life. Otherwise, they just like, by graduation, they get their diploma and they're gone and you never see them again. And that happens, unfortunately, many, many times, and it's sad. That's because it's, it's not sad as much for the yeshiva as it is for them that they lost out on such a great opportunity. Sad for the yeshiva as well, but... Yeah. Any other questions? Come on, Ezra. Oh, I knew Ezra. What was the last thing he said? Daily. Daily. Um, I think it's important uh, to uh, to spend time thinking about who you are, like to figuring that out, like to really, you know, it might take. Uh, sometimes people do that when they take walks or when they drive or when they daven uh, shmanesrei. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, but you know, when you have when you have moments to just think of like, who am I? You know, who am I? Self-awareness. I don't mean going through a 12-step program and spending years trying to psychoanalyze yourself, but just trying to superficially get, a, get, a, get in touch with yourself. Like, you know, what type of girl do I need? Do I need a girl that's going to be very sweet and caring and giving and supportive? Do I need a girl that's maybe going to be a little bit more... Uh, um, well structured and organized so that to keep me in check and you know, make sure that I don't falter because I know that if I don't have that then you know then I'm gonna automatically just you know spend the rest of my life on the couch every day and you know just not do what I'm supposed to be doing do I need a firmer type of girl that's going to appreciate my learning or maybe that's going to be too much for me maybe I need a girl that knows my my background and understands me well you know, all of these things are very important to consider before you start dating as opposed to trial and error when you start dating. Uh, but obviously, when you meet the right person, hopefully it'll all click, regardless of, of whether you made all these cheshbanes beforehand. But it's very important to be self-aware, to be comfortable in your own skin, to feel that you're mature enough to handle a relationship, that you're, you understand the responsibility that's ahead without, you shouldn't be like scared silly of it because then, again, you're never going to get married. You have to be mature and strong. And your parents did it, your grandparents, your great grandparents, everybody did it. Your friends, your, you know, it's done and, and, and people, Baruch Hashem, on the whole, do it well. But 
you have to uh, you have to understand that it's not something to go into lightly, and uh, you have to try to prepare yourself as a person and as a as a yid and as a eved Hashem and try to find the perfect type of person to be a shutif with you on this journey of life. Midas, it, all Midas are important to work on. Like, I, I feel like if you're looking for Midas, like, open up an Archas Tadikim. Archas Tadikim is, I, I think it's the best Musr Sefer, personally, because whatever you want to work on, it's, it's like a menu in a restaurant. Like, you go down the, the table of content, and you're, you're going to find things that, that, that talk to you. Like, sometimes people have a very big problem with, with kinah with jealousy and they see whoever they look at they're jealous so this guy's driving this type of car and this guy just got an electric scooter and this guy uh, got a great uh, summer internship and this guy looks really good and this guy talks really well and this guy learns very well and whoever you're looking at your mom is like you know it's like your eyes are popping out day and night or you're and then on Instagram it's really you know really uh, juices things up for you and like everybody if that's your if that's your thing then you gotta work on kinna so open up an Archesadikim and try to Try to focus on that. If you have an issue with kas, very bad to have anger in, in, in any relationship, but certainly in a marriage, you have to learn how to, how to curb your kas. And if, you're, if you have a crazy temper, then it's not so good. I remember there was a guy in yeshiva a number of years ago. He had a terrible temper, and he kicked down a door, a door in, the, in the dorm rooms. And, uh, and, you know, and then I got a call about shidduchim. Like, a, you know, a girl, you know, girl's mother called me. You know, what can you tell me about him? You know, I had to be honest because that's something that's very, very scary. You know, for a guy that didn't work on his cast, if we have cast, we have to work on it. If you don't, if I don't feel this boy worked on it at all, and he got really, really, you know, and uh, and I told her that you know, just this is the one flying the arm. He's a great boy, but he's got an issue with cast. So cast is a very is a, it's important to work again. Are we going to be the chavitz chayim? No, we'll never be the chavitz chayim. But as long as you feel like you're making headway and you're making progress and you're and you feel you you got this, then then you can go on. But there are so many you know midas that we could work on. You know, you should. Uh, you know, having an eye in tayv, having a generous eye, being a good person, being uh, sweet, being uh, a good child, you know, having derech eretz for people, good midas, caring about other people, empathy and sympathy, and, you know, there's so many midas, it doesn't end, but you try to work on what you feel personally you need to work on, and, and then you dive in for siyat dishmaya, that hopefully you have, a, you have yourself under control, and, and you'll be able to now be a, a, you know, a healthy, stable person in a marriage. Any other questions? Any other questions? What do you mean? Any, any, any life sort of, any questions? Well, you know, there, there is a way that, you know, you will find out the hard way because if you're, if you're, if you do want to go down this, this road of chinuch, you're going to have to take a model lesson, meaning you're going to go to a, a manal, a principal, whether it's an elementary school principal, a manal of a high school or of a base med- you're going to give a, a model lesson. Even the rabbeim that are here, you know, that are, a lot of the rabbeim which were hired, 
in, in, you know, in, in, in the, over the last uh, 15 years, uh, all had to come in and give a model lesson, even though they're like all huge Tamid and we went through a lot of a lot of people before we found and we handpicked the one the one you know that that we felt was the best. So even if you feel well, I'm an amazing rabbi, you're going to, there's there's going to be a uh, you know a thinning of the herd just through the filtering process of them now. So if you're if you're great and you really you get it and you know how to teach a class and you know how to you might want to go by the way they have teacher training courses, Tarmasera provides them, you know, to get a little better, but it's a natural talent that a lot of people either have or don't have, and, and so you'll figure it out on your own. It's not like you're going you're gonna to just be able to waltz into any yeshiva and they're going to open up the door and say, here, teach this class. You're going to have to show that you could do it, and, and hopefully that'll be one way of filtering whether or not you're capable and whether you're talented in this thing. But it's not, you know, there's always, in ev- every field is like this. A lot of times in medical schools, they give an interview. You know, you might, you might have nailed the MCATs and you did so well in, in, in college, you did, but they interview you. And, when, and on the interview, they ask certain questions and they see how you answer them. And they're able, after a, after a certain amount of time of doing this, they're able to smell whether or not you will make a good doctor. Are you, going to, are you going to be a doctor because you want the MD on your license plate and you want to golf you know, twice a week? Or do you really want to help people? Now, how do they know this? They have a sense for it. After you see a few people, it's like, you know, Rabbi Shmulevitz gives fahers to get into Lander. He's able to see, you know, what type of boy, you know, it is in front of you. If you give enough fahers, you know what, you know, how the per- if you can learn just by... I could, if you read me one line of Gemara, I'll be able to tell how, where you're holding and learning. And, 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 and sometimes if you schmooze a little bit with a person, they'll be able to tell your midas and your background and you know, a little bit about you. Not always. Sometimes you could fool people. But very often you'll figure it out one way or another if you're, if you're, if you're cut out for the field that you feel that you want to enter. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem... The good news is that you're in the right place, that Lander really, and I'm not, you know, doing this as a, uh, as a recruiting technique. I, I feel, you know, I really do feel that, you know, this yeshiva is amazing on so many levels. You're in a great place, and you have such, you know, amazing rabbeim. You have great opportunities. You have a great college. You can literally do anything that you want, but you have to just, you know, make sure that, you have Rabbeim that you're talking to. I, I was just telling somebody the other day, and I, you know, I know this is a big T4, but like when I was talking to somebody about, about just about these, these, this series that Rafael came up with this idea, you know, it's, these are very valuable, not because I'm giving it. It could be any, any Rebbe could have sat in this, this chair, I guess, and given the same ideas, but that, that you have the ability to hear from a Rebbe, you know, about dating and about marriage and about, about career and about community. Like, I didn't have this when I was a Bachar. I had a, a mashkiach that was, you know, a very chashub, but like he was a, an older man and he, I couldn't relate to him. I, I had no one to go to for advice on dating. I had no one normal to go to for advice on marriage. So you speak to your friends and giving, hearing horrible advice and you don't get, here you have, you're in a place that you have literally so many qualified people holding your hand and taking you down this path and giving you really rock-solid advice. And 
and then you could daven for siyat dishmaya, which is, of course, the most vital ingredient of all. But you're in a really, really great place. I don't know if, if there's any other institution in America that really has the amount of personal attention that you could get from your abeim, and that has a, a, an environment that's so pure and that if you want to really be a Bentaira, you could be a Bentaira, and you could get a college degree and a good one at that, all in the same building. You know, this is sort of what I say when I go to Eretz Yisrael to recruit, but I'm telling it to you because even though you're already recruited, but you have to sometimes, like you were saying before about, you know, about how to give a refresher course to your wife about what she has, you have to give a refresher course to yourself about what you have. And the opportunities that you're afforded here is like really, really priceless. And I'm jealous of you because you have, you're able to start your life with, you know, with really good, with good direction and good guidance. And, uh, and, and amidst Hashem, it's, uh, it will be a wonderful life. Uh, Bezer Hashem. Okay, everybody say thank you so much for coming.